takes it out towards the big ruck. Then Thomas was in the front spot that time. Ball hits the deck, handball over the top. Martin, he couldn't quite trap it, but had the skill to go after it again. Make that three. Make that three, you little beauty. He's a superstar, Kyle Martin. And he slammed through his first on the Avery's grass. Who's going to claim the ball? It's just falling out of hand. Now, can we have a shot at goal? It's against Smythe! It's Smythe! He's picked it up and he's just put it on the left. And the big the gully train has left the station, but how far can it go? The Eagles host Glenn Waverley in an interesting Division 3 matchup. Beaconsfield travel to Bayswater in another big Division 1 battle. And can Kilsyth make it five wins in a row? Welcome to the Deakin University weekend forecast. I am Matthew Fodier, as ever. And joining me today, Jared Beelan, Josh Ward, and uh, Blake Tennant on debut, the, the new personality in the Eastern Football Netball League media sphere. We'll start with you, Blake. How, how are you, mate? You're a long-time listener, first-time caller, as Steve was last yep. week. Yeah. Must be excited. Yeah, very excited to get into the, the weekend ahead and uh, looking forward to hearing some interesting games. We've got a few interesting games this week and I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely. Josh, back in, back in, mate. Yep, after the disaster of a couple of weeks ago, let's just put it at that, where the Scoops nickname Scoops. Has, has, has stuck, which is just lovely for me. Have but you yeah, got anything more for us? Unfortunately, no, no because Surrey have the bye this week in fourth <laughs> no. division. You've got to get your tentacles out into <laughs> other clubs, mate, other clubs. Uh, Jared Beelan, what about you, mate? You must be looking forward to another big round of footy. Raring to go, yeah, absolutely. Very keen to get out to Mullen Mullen Reserve and see a, a fantastic clash between the two teams, both wearing Indigenous uh, jumpers, um, which will be I think that's, yeah, it's the first time that the league's had two, uh, both clubs are wearing them on, uh, against each other and there's going to be plenty planned, but yeah, we'll be, you'll be able to catch that all over our channels. Let's jump straight into it. Blake was talking about all the interesting games and we'll start with the gully train. So mathematically, they, they've kept the finals fire burning because they haven't lost in their last three. So obviously the draw with Coldstream and then wins over Whitehorse and Fair Park. Their percentage is over 100, which is more than anyone else outside the top four. Um, and another win here, Blake. And Coldstream will start to get a little bit nervous because Coldstream's still got to play Donvale in the way with the Blues and Furniture Gully. Um, how do you see this one going? Because Glenn Waverley beat them last time, but that was when the Gully just couldn't tie their own shoelaces up. And, and since then, Glenn Waverley have struggled a little bit. Yeah, well, I went, we obviously uh, had the game against Warrandyte and they only lost by a kick against Warrandyte. And they're, they're a pretty good, uh, strong club in Division 3. Uh, but yeah, I... I I think they can. I think it's a. Uh, I had a look at the ladder, and it's like one game difference uh, for that. So um, it shows that they are in the hunt, and they they might. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing where this uh, this train will end up because I think they can. Uh, they can sneak in there. That's for sure. Yeah, I had a look at um, in preparation for the Fentry uh, Gully Warren Day game. My first call, Heady Days, uh, <laughs> quite a few, uh, quite a few uh, months ago now. Um, yeah, I had a look at the Fentry Gully versus Glen Waverley game then, just to prepare for that. And Fentry Gully were generally. I wouldn't say all over Glen Waverley, but it was kind of similar to the Warrandyte game in that, you know, Glen Waverley might occasionally sneak out the back, have a little bit more scoring power up forward. Uh, Fentry Gully were locking it in, had better ball movement, had better pressure, were able to just sort of uh, let things stick, but um, just couldn't actually get the score on the board. Uh, and, like, the cohesion in the forward line wasn't there. They have been relying, or not relying, they've been hoping for Jack Flannery to come on a little bit more than he has. He's kicked four bags, uh, sorry, two bags of four, uh, once against Fair Park, once against Scoresby, and then it's just all been ones and zeros. Uh, but since then, uh, they've had players like Rosso and uh, De Rosso, uh, I think is it? De Rosso, yeah. De Rosso, yep. Uh, 
they've had them come in. They've had Kieran Gray start to push forward a little bit more. Um, definitely, uh, definitely a much more potent forward line now for Fentry Gully uh, as opposed to when they played them uh, played Glen Waverley last time. Yeah, they definitely are. They've scored 100 points the last two games, mind you, against you know not the greatest defenses in in Fair Park and and Whitehorse, but. Yeah, they're definitely starting to find those options, and it's crucial that Jack Flannery has gone into form. But they're up against, a sti- I'd say, a stingy Glen Waverley defence. You know, Ferntree Gully out of the bottom, out of the sides, out of the top four, they've conceded, you know, the least points. But Glen Waverley have conceded the second least po- points with 72, po- just over 12 goals a game. It's so. the only thing I'd say, I think, why, have they played the same amount of games? Yeah, they have. They have. They they have. have. And, but. Yeah, it's just for Glen Waverley. It's just about finding different options up forward now because Max Holmes and Lewis Holmes. There, I think they're going to Lewis be Holmes missed. kicked five last time out out of eight or something like yeah. that against against. Oh no, sorry, out of ten, he kicked half their score pretty much. But I think he might be potentially. He's out of this game, and he might be potentially out for the rest of the season. Oh, that's too. huge! So, yeah. yeah, that'd be a massive blow. But yeah, they. It's just going to be that firepower for. Glen Waverley for the rest of the se- for, well, for the rest of the season and this week, which uh, it's hard for me to find any any you know potential main forwards bar Evan Pickering. Yeah, mm. and then Pickering's not really a natural forward. Um, in in terms of the inside, so yeah, you're talking about Fernandelli's forward half. So, um, Kieran Gray's obviously started kicking goals. Michael Russo, Anthony Larusso. Um, and then uh, obviously Luke McComb is is back in the side as well. Who was their star? Signing in the preseason, so if they can get some consistent footy into him, their team now looking at it selected side. It's 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 definitely a top four side. So Coldstream will be a little bit nervous, I suspect. If Fenjoy can win, obviously they'd expect to win this one. But if they can, I think their next opponent will be Warrandyte, um, albeit at Warrandyte. But Warrandyte haven't been really firing on all, all cylinders yet. So Fenjoy get a roll on. It's one of those things now where they're so far behind the eight ball that one more slip up means they're done. But yep. uh, if they if they can. Get going, Coldy will be. They'll be. Uh, yeah, squeaky bum time would be the term used. Yeah. Blake, speaking of culture, they host Whitehorse now. It's an interesting one for Whitehorse because Whitehorse both need a win to stay out of the relegation race, but also if they do win, they'll stay in the finals race. If you get what I mean, because yep. if they win over Coltrane, they'll close the gap to two points. Whitehorse haven't won away from home yet, and Coldy uh, a much better side at home. But without Darcy Fritch, I know we keep beating over this point. You know, a Lachlan Koga returned to the side last week, kicked two goals. Uh, Mitch Edmonds kicked five, so they are trying finding some more scoring power. But they they don't really haven't really punished a side this year. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, yeah, they, they obviously challenged uh, Warrandyte last year. I think they looked, well, this year, sorry, they lost by about four points. So Warrandyte, a pretty good side, as we touched on. Fritch is a massive out for Coldstream, but, you know, they need that players who can step up for them without Fritch. Like, I think uh, Koga kicked two last week. So that just shows that they they need to bring some more firepower into their forward line. But they kicked really straight last week. I saw they kicked um, 11-7 last week against Warrandyte. So if they can bring that consistency into the game, they can honestly challenge Whitehorse. And for Whitehorse, they want to obviously avoid the relegation. But it's going to be really tough for if they lose this one because if they lose this one, it could have huge ramifications. I'm just going to – good point there, Blake. I'm going to put you on mute, mate. You sound like you need a, <laughs> need a drink of water. Uh, Josh, White also have got Andrew Padbury back in the side as well as James Fasson, so that'll boost their stocks. They actually did really well last week. You know, they're the, yeah. they're the first tie, side to get within six goals of Wavy Blues since round one. So um, 
It's the, not not the worst form to come in. Yeah, definitely not. Well, that was out at out at Springfield Park yep. too. So yeah, where they've made it, you know, usually tough for these sides. Andrew Padbury is a massive in because I think they they lacked that potency up forward against uh, against the Blues last week. Only scoring, I think it was five goals in yep. the end. Three well, of the, which the last quarter, I think. Both sides kicked three behind each. Yeah. So I don't know whether they were just playing... A, everyone was just a bit knackered and they just played a big game of keepings off. But uh, Yeah, and three of which came from someone who's listed in midfield, Harry Harry Hogan as well. So they get that, you know, potency up forward with Andrew Padbury back. You know, Daniel Horvat, he's, he didn't score last week, but that was again... But I'm sure he'll try and find some form. For Coltrane as well, Darcy Fritch is listed in their, li- in their line-up now. He is in. So is it named at full back? I don't think he'll play. There. Yeah, I doubt it. Unless too. his time at Williamstown has been spent in defence. No, he hasn't. Been, he's been playing forward in for Williamstown. Forward, yeah, for, for the Seagulls. So, yeah, those are some really big inclusions for both sides. I had um, noticed that looking through the teams. I, I probably should have noticed that. It's a good point that Josh makes, Jared. So now, mm. not only a white horse away, where they just seem to forget how to play football. Yep. They're now playing <laughs> Coldy that have got their their star man back, and and that's good signs for Coldstream because. Like we mentioned, the gully train, but top two still up for grabs. Yeah, absolutely. Um, because Warrandyte really haven't put it away yet. Yeah, no, Coldstream can absolutely take uh, take it to them, uh, especially since this is, you know, uh, Coldstream's home ground. They can, uh, you know, they have that advantage. They have the ability to, you know, at least take those home wins. And if they if they don't drop one at home, then it should be, uh, yeah, you so know, I a think fairly clear they, path for them. If they don't drop one at home, they've still got to play Glenn Waverley as well. Um, away, so they'll mm. they'll fancy their chances there. The problem yep. is they'll have to go to Waverley and to Donvale, I think, or is it no? They'll just have to go to Donvale, but then play Waverley. Mm. Um, so, so it's it's not the easiest run home for Coldstream, true, but but true. still, look, they've come up for upper division. They get full strength. They have, like Blake pointed out, they've been you know they, they close shave against making it two wins against Warrandyte this yeah, year, absolutely. Um, and and clearly, any team that goes out to Coldstream will have a have a tough game. Exactly. So. And I think for me, Whitehorse, it's it, they've had an interesting dichotomy between the past two games. You know, they they've come up against the highest scoring team, a team with a, like a forward line that we've we've raved about. In the Waverley, uh, in the Waverley Blues last week, and kept them to a relatively low score, which I was. It is. By. If I had the time, I would look at this four, and I know Brash does all this work for us, mm. but y- you would look at their four and against and and all that sort of mumbo jumbo. Yeah. At, at home versus away. Yep. Exactly. And like you said, they went to Don Vale. Mm. A Got bloke kicked thirteen. Manhandled. You know, they lost by a hundred points yeah. or whatever else, close to conceded about forty scoring shots, and then they host Waverley Blues yep. and make it a low scoring affair. So. I think it says something that uh, the best on ground for Whitehorse was a man by the name of Rob McDougall, and he is a backman. Um, I, I had a cheeky look at the uh, the vision against Donvale, and he was the one who took Ethan Duncan um, for for a lot of it after Joel, Dalgle- uh, Joel Dalgleish, Dalgleish uh, went off him. Um, so I think he must have done a really good job on one of the Waverley Blues uh, forward men and uh, here against Coldstream with Darcy Fritch coming in. Well, they had Perry and Williamson, I'm pretty sure, mm. um, so as well. So it wasn't like they, they were missing players. So, um, yeah, yeah I, I think, yeah, we, it's, a, it's a weird one. Well, who, who's it winning is. it? I think we, we didn't really tip the French Gala game. First of all, that's, you know, I'm having a bit of an off day here, Blakey. You've had a sip of water, mate. Yep. Yeah, French Gala or Glen Waverley? French Gala. Josh? Uh, French Gala. Jared? French Gala. Clean sweep. We'll start again. Blake, Coldstream or Whitehorse? Coldstream. Coldstream for me too. Coldstream. Coldstream for me as well. Yeah. Look at us. We mm-hmm. need Spider here to sort of to, to <laughs> give us 
<laughs> to give us some points to, to confuse me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, let's move into Don Val Morinda. Now, this on paper is the game of the round in this division because it's pretty mm-hmm. much a plot. Well, not pretty much. Obviously, like we said, Colts, if they get Fritch back for the rest of the season, could easily make a, a, a run at second. But given uh, Warrandyte just beat Coldstream only, and if they win this one here against Donvale, they, they'll have played the other top three sides. And then they play Fungigoli next week. So actually, if Warrandyte can get through these next two games with at least one win, possibly two, they could run into finals on the back of a six or seven win run because their last five games on paper are all very winnable. But Donvale have found some form, Blake, in the last two weeks. They've kicked two big scores, both over 100. Admittedly, a bit of a shootout against Scoresby, which will worry Kevin Collins a little bit, but they're getting some players back. They're starting to, to hit their straps. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, this game is big. Uh, obviously, it's touched on about second place. I feel like this game could shape up the whole thing. Obviously, Waverley have the benchmark team, you would say, in uh, Division 3. But I feel like if Donvale win this, their season's you know, they're starting to get back on track, you would say, even though they're, you would say they're third, uh, fourth. But they don't want to drop this one because if Coltrane win tomorrow, um, then it just shows that the competition is still alive for the top four. So this game, as you touched on, Matt, this game could definitely be on track for the uh, top two. So I'm looking forward to this one and... um. Looking forward to see how Warren Dyke can. Uh, obviously, they they had a few. They beat Goldstream last week by four points, but I want to see a bit more consistency uh, from there. Obviously, they've won seven in a row, and we touched on about that. So I'm looking forward to that as well. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, Warren Dyke do, does need a little bit more consistency in their performances. That's it's definitely a good point. My question is: uh, Is Phillips going to be back in from last week? Because that's going to be an Just interesting. Just looking one. at the teams, I, mm. I don't think so. Like I said, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a no, he's not in. So, Nakota Brooking is back as well as Morris. And then the two Buckley boys are out. Phillips mm. may be a couple of weeks off. And to be honest, if they get through and win these next two games, you'd be tempted to just to maybe just give him an extra couple. Like the hand injury again, it's not like a, it's not like he can't run or yeah, anything like that, yeah. unfortunately. But it is one of those ones where you've got to get some confidence in it. You know, you've got to get confidence that your hand's not going to sting or, or split open again when you try to mark a footy or, or so on. And I think that he will sense. try and wear, wear a glove when he returns. So... Mm. Yeah, I think it's all set up for the, the winner of this one. Like I said, the only difference is Donvale have still got to play Coldstream and Waverley and Fernshagalli after these games. Whereas Warrandyte, like I said, they've played Waverley Blues, Coldstream, and now Donvale. Yep. If they win this one, play Fernshagalli at home, they don't think they've lost at home yet, Waverley. So, you yeah. know, if they get that at home, they could they could set themselves up for a real run at the fi- at the Well, they, they would probably lock in top two. And then they get a real run of form into the finals, Josh, which we know they're going to need if they're going to beat Waverley Blues. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I think Warrandyte not having Ryan Phillips, that definitely doesn't help their case. And but they haven't had him for a fortnight. Yeah, which, it, which you know, it, it hasn't mattered for them. But I think in this game, it probably would matter given, you know, they're going to need to match the fight. Well, the firepower of Nick Murphy and potentially Ethan Duncan. I'm assuming yeah, he's going to... He kicked a couple of goals last week, but he's named it centre-half back. Zach Haig is out. So that's... Mm-hmm. Th- he's been... And uh, Mahali Zalak, um, Kyle Wignall as well, Sam Goldsmith, um, uh, are out. Giles, Lamond, Capricolakis come back in. Um, Those are four big outs. Yeah, and Haig's almost bigger than Murphy because he gives him first use. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's yeah. the area. You notice that Haig's been back for the last two weeks and uh, two or three weeks and they've their scoring power's almost tripled, whereas against Waverley when he wasn't there, Nick Perry just – it was – Waverley Blues' midfield was already so good to, to give them first use. Mm-hmm. 
I think Zach Haig is almost more influential than Nick Murphy. Yeah, he definitely, he definitely is. He's, you know, I think he's been in the best, named in the best for pretty much most games this year for Dom Val. So that is a bit of a loss, but I think they'll definitely be confident because they play well at home as well at Dom Val Reserve. Yeah, they lost by quite a fair bit against Waverley Blues, but, you know, that was, again, without Nick Murphy and, and Zach Haig. And I reckon, you know, even with just one of those players, playing i still think i'd put them as a chance but warren i'd always find a way to win these games they, mm. so, so you're tipping warren yeah i'll black back the blood yeah i gotta go warren as well especially off the back of those those outs you know it's that wignall goldsmith I'm, a, yeah i'm a bit torn because the outs make me swing towards warren but donvale are, are a really good side at home they're playing some good mm. footy and and i just look at warren side i know brookings back but there's just not that. I'll go Donvale because we're going to match up on the next yeah. game. So, so just for the just for the record books, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll we'll separate there. Uh, the last game in Division Three is the Wavy Blues and Fair Park. It's a a free hit for Fair Park, Jared, because mm. they're not expected to win. They're pretty much not expected to get even close. But no. I think their main aim is to just play good enough footy to not sap too much momentum out of last week's win. Because not only did last week's win move them into second last and ladder, but it's just created a bit of chaos now because Whitehorse and Scoresby, previously they would have thought, okay, if Glen Waverley win this one, it's literally just the one spot now that can we can get dragged into because Fair Park would have been right back from the pack. But now that they've jumped up, everyone expects Ferntree Gully, you know, we're still talking finals. Yeah. Expect them to jump out. There's a bit of chaos for the likes of Scoresby and Whitehorse. So Fair Park need to keep the momentum rolling because they'll have a couple of games on the run home where teams will be getting very, very nervous. Yep. Yeah, yeah. No, they haven't get they haven't gotten blown out too much Fair Park uh, this season. Well, they only uh, lost by seven goals, I think, when these two teams last met. Yeah, which is impressive. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 6 9 45 to 11-17-83. So inaccuracy to Waverly Blues um, in, in a certain sense. But honestly, like... Fair Park, I would say, yeah, yeah. As you said, free hit, uh, and like they can play the sort of footy that they want to in these sorts of games. You know, they can sort of like try and you know make it fun for them, uh, fun for themselves without necessarily having too much worry about oh, how much are they going to kick against us? Because they're expected to lose by you know s- such a such a potentially large margin. I would say, yeah, and I don't think. Fair Park won't mind, you know, playing at Waverley at Mount Waverley Reserve as well. It, I feel like it's it's similar dimensions to to their home ground, Fair, Fair Park Reserve. So, but yeah, it's all going to come down to if they can somehow manage to shout out maybe one or two, either Williamson or Perry. Even whilst you know Waverley Blues do have plenty of other scoring options, it'll all come down to if they can somehow minimise the impact of Perry and Williamson. Jay O'Connell and Ton Steele are two big ins as well for yeah, Ton the Blues. So. Ton, Ton Steele, um, I don't know, he does, he's not returning, is he? No, oh, he is returning, yeah. so it would be from that suspension that, yeah. he, that he would have copped against Dom Vale. Blake? Yeah, I think everyone's touched on about the consistency of... Uh, sorry, We're going to have to get him a lozenge or something. <laughs> he, your voice wasn't that cooked when you walked in the studio I doors, mate. what's going on. Yeah, but... just nerves. Nerves, <laughs> yeah, 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 It's yeah, understandable. We'll, he's we'll in the presence of <laughs> podcasting royalty. Just give us a tip then, Blake. Waverly Blues or Fair Park? Waverly Blues. All right. 60 points. We'll, we'll wrap up this first segment so Blake can run down to the chemist or something like that. Josh? Waverly Blues. Jared? Yeah, Waverly Blues. Waverly Blues for me yeah. as well. So there's Division 3 done. The Oracle's back. Oh, He's back. fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. He's back. Look at the excitement in the room. So the Oracle, Division 3. 
So, Coldstream Whitehorse is the one we sort of spent a fair bit of time on, yep. um, and we were making arguments for you know how much this game meant to Whitehorse. Coldy by ten points, according to the Oracle, fifty-eight to forty-eight. I suspect mm. with Fritch back, Joe Josh, it'll be a bit. I think Coldstream will kick a bit of a bigger score, and I think they'll win yeah. by a bit more. And I think Andrew Padry will enhance Whitehorse's White scoring score power as well. As well. So, Plus, yeah. it's a big ground. There's no <laughs> need for contested footy out there as well. Everyone <laughs> can just skirt around. That sounds like my sort of footy. Yeah. Uh, Don Valor Morandite. We're speaking about this one. We spoke about the scoring power. Jarrett of Don Vale, especially in the last fortnight and, and how Warren are missing Phillips and have been sort of just chugging along, just winning games without really impressing. Don Vale 111, Warren 59, according to the Oracle. Mm. So, look, I actually don't wow. disagree too much. I've gone with Don Vale. Yeah. I think I did, didn't I? Yes. Yeah, yeah I, I did. So, yeah. yeah, I was yeah, the yeah. difference maker, wasn't I? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The uh, one. <laughs> yeah, I, I do this all the time. When you're talking for three days straight about different tips, I reckon I make, I tip every side, so I can't be wrong come the Monday podcast. Uh, but Don Vale, I, I don't, maybe not that much, but I do think Don Vale will kick a big score. It's a, a high-scoring ground, Don Vale. There's just something mm. about it. Yep. Uh, Waverly Blues, Fair Park. Got Waverly Blues by 17 points. Um, so that's wow. a, if Fair Park did that, that would honestly keep the, the train rolling. Be and really they'd be pretty up for that. And then the Oracle has got Furniture Gully winning by seven goals over Glen Waverley, 113 yeah. to 70. And to be I can, honest, I can see that. I can, I, see I can that, definitely yeah. see that happening. And if Glen Waverley, uh, Furniture Gully would do that, if results were to go like that, Don Vale, I think, would close in on second spot off the top of my head. I'm not looking at the ladder, so forgive me. Coldstream would obviously uh, stay in, in, in fourth. Um, Waverly Blues stay on top, and I think French Gully would push Glen Waverley down into the bottom two and close the gap on the on the, uh, on fifth and sixth. So very interesting weekend coming up in Division 3. We're going to go to our first break here on the Deakin University weekend forecast. When we come back, Blake will hopefully have his voice back, and we'll jump into Premier Division and Division 1. Eastland's new sporting precinct, the Circuit, has arrived. Race into the Circuit for customised kicks, giveaways, streetwear, new stores and more. Visit eastland.com.au for more details. He must have just stepped off his line there, guys. And uh, Big Gordon, not quite um, a dainty man, just snuck up on him and, <laughs> and took him out. And he's, he's kicking into what is a strong breeze. He's going to probably aim for the right-hand goalpost. And this to bring the Tigers back to within four points. Yep. Very close to the man on the mark, though, here, Brash. The big fella. Didn't look comfortable, but he struck it pretty that's nicely. Right. Two in a minute for the Tigers. He's given it the double cobra. That's the first one of 2021. The Tigers, 2-1-13. Welcome back to the Deakin University weekend forecast. We're into Premier Division and Division 1 now after looking through all those games in Division 3, of course. Uh, Jared Beanland, Josh Warden, Blake Tennant joining me, Matthew Fodia here. Uh, no spider lee's been away this week sunning himself i think um the lucky ones but we've got blake Tennant in his spot and he's run to the running got his water bottle blakey he's gonna we might have to send him up the road to get some strips or something like that the sore throat it's going on him on debut but we'll jump into division one blake's division of course montrose murubak have the bye they played this round on queen's birthday and murubak uh I don't think Montrose will want to speak about that one. I'm getting the not. I'm getting the, the no there. But Bayswater and Beaconsfield is the game that I want to look at, Josh. It's a pretty big game for both sides because they've really not got any consistent footy this year at all. Um, you know, Bayswater have played some good good footy at times. You know, obviously they beat Montrose, rolled Lillardale both at home, but they haven't won two games in a row a year. And, and Beaconsfield are in the same boat. You know, they've played some some pretty good games, especially on the road. You know, they beat Lillardale at Lillardale in the th- running home in the last quarter, and and we were at Croydon. Um, you know, where if it wasn't for a five-goal head side, they gave the Blues. They pretty much controlled the rest of the game. Um, and But for all this sort of good work, they just can't... Neither team have got on a roll. They both sit on four wins in, in that sort of 90 percentile sort of situation. Now chasing one turn of south, who have got a bit of a bump on the rest of that chasing pack. Um, 
what, what are you expecting from this game? Because they both lack height, so they just sort of sit numbers behind the ball. We might have a bit of, you know, no one wants it. I'm expecting a tussle. That, that's definitely for sure. And a bit of a defensive defensive struggle too because, yeah, both these sides have, have really strong defences. They don't have the, the strongest forward lines. But hey, in terms of forward lines, though, they, they've all got options up there. You know, Beaconsfield... The last couple of weeks, Matthew Johnson, or this whole season, Matthew Johnson has popped up and kicked plenty of goals, 23 goals um, in, in 11 matches this season. And I think he's kicked a, a couple of big bags the last couple of weeks too. So played, played, I'm pretty sure played some footy for Casey Demons mm, um, at times. I think he did, yeah, might have been the last couple of years. And he was, you know, was that leading goal kicker last season when they were in the AFL Outer East. In fact, he's kicked 14 goals in the last four weeks. So he's fighting some form. And Joel Treby as well, he's kicked 21 goals. In, Josh. Uh, Josh Treby, I beg your pardon. Um, yeah, 21 goals in, in 10 games as well. The, you know, he hasn't been in great goal scoring form the last couple of weeks, but he's been terrific this se- season. So, But I'm expecting it to be a real struggle. Yeah, Beaconsfield definitely won't mind. Playing away from playing away well, from it's a, it's a oh, Beaconsfield's obviously the biggest ground they can't, but baseball mm. is similar ground, so they Thanks. won't have to change much about what they do in that manner. But Jared, both sides, I think not defence first. I don't like really using that term, but mm. both sides, like I said, don't have much height, so they'll both sides will rely on just sort of having numbers behind the footy and trying to surge forward and yep. and it could become a bit of a stalemate for a long period of time. Yeah, no, it's not necessarily going to be defence first. I think it's just sort of like based on the rosters that they have uh, available. Um, yeah, I think, basketball term, the roster? Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think the main thing for me is that Beaconsfield, you know, it feels like they have been building to something a little bit more. The, they've just produced a couple of shockers. Bayswater, on the other hand, they haven't necessarily, except for the uh, game against Montrose, uh, Joel Galvin's 250th, they haven't really upset anyone. Um, and I think they've, not necessarily produced too many like shocking results either. They haven't been completely pumped by anyone we uh, haven't ex- haven't expected them to be. So they've just been around that sort of eighth, ninth spot. It looks like they might be stiff to miss out on finals just because everyone's tripping up over each other rather than anything that they're actually producing uh, on the field. Uh, Beaconsfield, on the other hand, is more sort of they've. They've impressed a little bit more, especially their game against Croydon. They've uh, they showed that you know for three quarters they could stick with them. It was just that one that they uh, let slip a little bit. And I think if they're able to bring that sort of footy to the uh, to Bayswater, uh, they should be able to get over the top of them. I'm not expecting too much. Uh, I don't know. I've never really expected much spectacular out of Bayswater uh, this season, but we'll uh, you know we'll leave it up to them to see, Blake. Yeah, I definitely think uh, Beaconsfield are thereabouts. Like you touch on about it, they're like one game out of the, the five, is it? Or one turn to south? Five, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they're one game behind, yeah. one turn to yeah. south. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think like they're, they're always thereabouts. Like they're sitting, they've been sitting at six, seven, fifth, like all around there. But I just want to see them get that uh, win more than like as Bayswater. They've only won two on a trot, but I want to see them as well get up as well. Um, and Bayswater point of view, as you touched on, Joel Galvin's 250th game. That was a big win against you know Montrose coming up as well. But they also yeah as you as you guys touched on, they haven't really shocked the competition yet. So I think this could be the game where they actually do shock the competition. Would it would it be a shock though? I reckon it will be. It, uh, I don't think it's a shock. They're both on four wins. They both seem to play better footy at home. They both really like you said they've they've not been belted by anyone, but they haven't really 
you know, put some consistent footy together. I don't think it's a shock whoever wins. It's a toss of the coin. Yeah, but, it's a toss mm, of the coin. So it wouldn't be a shock, yeah. but, I, but I do know what you're saying. If yeah. they can get a win here against Beaconsfield, they haven't really – that's their one thing is they haven't really, I think, they've beaten Lillardale. That's the only game against – and Montrose, but yeah. the other games they've sort of they've struggled. So if they get another win here, it'll increase their finals chances. But I don't know whether we really think Bayes, when we're talking about squeezing into fifth, it's sort of Wanty South Montrose Beaconsfield. There was a time yeah. there where we thought Ludo might get a run up, but they look a bit young. Yeah, they do definitely. Um, but I definitely think that they just need to get this win. I think it's a win for both clubs. Like both one of them would have to get up. Like it would just be a huge win to boost their confidence heading into, you know, so then it makes the fifth spot even more harder. I feel like um, that's definitely for sure. If they yeah. Um, if Beaconsfield obviously were to win, they would have done the double over um, over Bayswater this season, which I don't think anyone, any of these clubs has been able to do the double over each other. So Montrose and Monty South split at one apiece. Um, I think, oh, sorry, Wanty South done the double over Beaconsfield. So yeah. there you go. So Wanty South are sort of edging ahead as that sort of number one seed for the fifth spot. What about your tips? Because like I said, it's 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 a. I literally think this is a toss of the coin, and I've sort of been barg- uh, not ba- bargaining, backing Beaconsfield all year, Josh, because I had them finishing third. So I've sort of just got to stick to my guns, much like I will when we get to Baldwin. Um So I'm going to go with Beaconsfield, but I, I honestly I don't think any I don't think anyone can just sort of poo-poo Bayswater here. There's absolutely like we said, they've robbed Montrose. Um, you know, they've they've tested other sides, and at home they're a much better team. So you could easily make an argument. Uh, I think I will actually go Bayswater because, yeah, Beaconsfield play better on the road, but yeah, every, Bayswater are definitely a much better side at home, so I'm going to back them to get the win here. I've got Be- uh, Beaconsfield for this one. I think they've uh, they've tested the top sides a little bit more than Bayswater have. Uh, I'll go with Beaconsfield in a close one. In a close one. Well, the Oracle agrees with you there, Blake. So, well, it doesn't agree with you in terms of who wins. It agrees with Joshua who wins, but in terms of the close ones, so the Oracle's got Bayswater 68, Beaconsfield 66. Jeez. Oh, wow. So, That's a big one. It'll be an enthralling game out of Bayswater Oval. So, and another big trip for Beaconsfield. They'll get to see one of the Premier, well, obviously the Premier Division grand final venue for as long as anyone can remember. So it'll be a, a good opportunity for them to see one of the marquee venues, obviously having one of their own. Uh, the other games in Division 1, Eastering with Croydon. So the start of last year, everyone thought Croydon were going to be Premiership favourites, 2021. And Eastering would sort of set the, the marker when they rolled them in Round 1 last year. And, and since then, obviously, as we've seen, Eastering are, are probably a better side than Croydon. But Croydon have played at some better footy in recent weeks, Josh. And... Uh, you know, but they haven't really put four quarters together. They play one or two good quarters and, and do enough during the rest. Um, and you can't do that against East Ringwood. Definitely can't. You know, the East Ringwood, they just, they're a mo- they're much more potent throughout the, the four quarters. And it's it'll all come down, I reckon, to, yeah, if if Tro- if it's not just Troy Broussard who, who leads the way up for this... And Troy, without being casting aspersions at Troy, he's not really a, a line leader. Mm, he's a... Yeah. He's a He's a small forward, a hard-working half-forward flanker who's getting on the end of stuff. I don't know whether you... Yeah. Kyle Vickers is about, and Charlie Haley are the two across the comp where you can sort of just plant a small forward in the forward 50 and, and, and go for your life. I, I, I think they can't rely on Troy kicking four every week. Yeah, and the thing is as well, they I don't think they're the tallest forward line around, so there's still no Riley Constantino. There's still no... He no. hasn't played, I don't think, since the Beaconsfield game. Um, Britain's the man that needs to... Needs to stand up, you would think, overhead. Yeah, and well, you know, East Ring would have 
a god awful amount of options up forward, you know, led by Trent Farmer, who's been terrific this season as well, coming into the lineup and options from midfield. So if Croydon, you know, somehow can put together a four quarter performance, and this would be a great win, but yeah, I'm back in East Ringwood. They're just too good for a, a lot classier than the than the Blues. Yeah, I don't think Croydon has the scoring power to overcome the uh, East Ringwood's uh, defence. I think you know they've they've shown a little bit better form recently. You know, thumping Lilydale that that's that's been good. But, uh, but once again, it was one quarter, so nine goals to none in the first. Again, that's a Fairly That's decent quarter. You can yeah. excuse them for maybe resting on their laurels, but then the game's sort of even. Yeah. Beacon still the same thing. Five goals to none. Mm-hmm. One by and then hold on. That's it. I think they play they played like one quarter and then try to hold on. I just don't think but you they're can't that good. Do that well not against East Ringwood, but not no, against absolutely. like but we've seen Mitchum smack them up. Montreux smacked him up. So I think when it comes to quality of opposition, their most creditable win was a, a five point victory over Wontana South, which isn't necessarily saying too much about Croydon. Um, yeah, well, they came from behind. Yeah, they came from yeah. well behind. But yeah, you're right. It's um, yeah, they, they, if they're and they're going to test anyone come September, they they definitely want to win against at least Mitchum, one of Mitchum East Ring and all Murabaki. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's going to come this week, no. Blake. I yeah, I reckon East Ring for this one. Personally, I think um, they're building in some good footy at the moment. Um, obviously, they've they've only lost the one game on the on the on a, on a ladder as we uh, talk about it, but. I feel, yeah, as we touched on Croydon, you know, they kicked nine goals, was it, against Lilydale? Yeah, one quarter. They felt yep. like they did their job. Where if they want to play against East Ringwood, they've got to play for four quarters because we know what East Ringwood is. Like. Well, it, it, and both sides are pretty well set up defensively. Yeah. Yeah. So do you agree with Josh's point that Trent Farmer's just the difference between the two? Not, yep. Well, he's not the only difference, but the fact that they've got, you know, Trent Farmer, um, you know, other goal kickers, Coglin, Donnell, James Beloke and, and Mitch Farmer can, can probably spend some time in the forward half as well. Do you think that's the difference between East Ringwood and Croydon at the moment? Yeah, definitely. I think, yeah, the firepower that they've got... Um, but also Connor Connor Waitman, he's had a massive. Uh, yeah, so he's out. So he must be going back to VFL footy. Yeah, um, Dylan Belo yeah, returns, so he he solidifies their defence. Um, but yeah, Connor Waitman, it, you can show that he's right at the top peak of his powers at the moment. You know, his performance in a low scoring game last week. You watched the highlights, kick two really really good goals in a game where goals were very hard to come by. So you're right. He he's another one who they'll be hoping. I think he plays for Coburg, does he, Josh? Uh, North Melbourne. North Melbourne. So he, they'll be hoping that North Melbourne don't make the VFL finals, I suspect. <laughs> well, I, 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 I have my doubts that I, they will. Yeah. <laughs> I think they've only won one game, so... Zachy yeah. Munkhurst was involved there, mate. Yep, you, yep. You, a bit of six degrees of separation for you. Two, <laughs> yeah, two uh, Yarra Valley Ruckman going head-to-head yes, there. that's correct. But wait, yep. So you've got East Ringwood winning this one? Yeah, I yeah. think East Ringwood by about three goals. Blakey loves, he loves doing his... His numbers, doesn't he? Puts his, uh, puts his uh, heart on the line there, head on the line there. Uh, what'd you have? East Ringwood by how many? Three goals. Well, the Oracle's got Cronin by 22 points. Jeez. That's the Oracle. Wild. The Oracle. That's the Oracle. Oracle. Yeah. Well, the Oracle. We do, we, you can't, Ooh. you cannot doubt the Oracle. The Oracle has its own way of coming to these things, but we're all going with East Ringwood. Yeah. Just for the record. Yep. East Ringwood people listening. Uh, one to the South Upper Gully. Devils will probably make it three on the bounce here. And that's the difference. And they, they'll get a stranglehold on fifth spot, you would suspect, because while well, the rest of the clubs in the chasing pack are just sort of tripping over each other, winning one here, one there, Wanty South will have three in a row and then they'll have games against Croydon and Mitchum. And if they can pinch one of those, it's, it, they'll probably lock it up and, mm. and, then, and, and from there can set their sights on maybe rolling a Croydon or a Mitchum in the first week of finals. And then the other game is Ludo and Mitchum, the two sashes, uh, the two yellow sashes going head-to-head. Um, Mitchum should win, but Ludo, Blake, last time, we were in front at three-quarter time and, and sort of tripped over their own feet. Um, you know, so, and they play better footy at home. Um, and, and the Tigers, you know, they'll 
jump in a third if they win, you would suggest, given Croydon's fixture. Um, on paper, she'll win this game quite comfortably, but... I know we sort of fell into this trap last time because they played Maruak and East Ringwood to start and then you start going, oh, maybe they're not that good. But they have come off two losses, so it will be hard for them to just roll in and think they'll have enough to beat Luda. Yeah, I've gone with Mitchell this week. I feel like they've got uh, the firepower of Prieti. I don't know. I haven't checked the sides uh, up to date yet, but um, um, I think Prieti will play definitely play well. Um, is Gordon back? That's, that's a question, uh, no, no, Gordon back. No. He, he'll, he'll probably have a couple of weeks back in the, in the two. It's been a, been a long layoff. Yep. So Jackson yep. Glossop is out. Blake Lee, Zach Horsey, uh, Glanville, and May come back. May's the big in because he's been hard to kick a goal on all year. Yep. Um, who for Lerdale plays on Parenti? Oh, Jake Clements? Yeah, probably him or... Um, oh, yeah, I don't... Yeah. Well, looking at their team, you know, the defenders, Jack Nichols is not going to go to him. I think it has to be... Um, yeah, Clements and or yeah. Nick Del Biondo. Yeah, um, he, but and I don't think and no offense to those guys, but they're not on the level of Jake Parenti. I've said a couple of times now that yeah. he he may be the best forward, the key forward in the whole competition, not just Division One. So but we touched on about Mitchell, but Lillardo as well. They they played really well at their home ground. I know they've had yep. one poor, uh, two poor performances. Probably three, you would say, against probably Beaconsfield, Croydon. Well, Beaconsfield was the last quarter as well. Yeah. They were actually up by three or four goals. Yeah. Croydon's a shocking performance. Yeah. I feel like you, you just can't rule them out of their home ground. They use their ground really well. Like, they beat Montrose by kick. Um, obviously, it was a big game for that one as well. But I feel like they... You don't want to doubt them at their home ground. Like if they, I don't think you can doubt Eddie. Up, yeah. can, other than Upper Gully, again, yeah. don't want to cast <laughs> But even Upper Gully have been really impressive since the bye. They've been competing really well. Yeah. You can't, yeah, you can't really yeah. ta- doubt anyone. And the only team that you can sort of, we can probably lock away Murbuck at the moment. They're, yeah, they're, yeah. They're, they're sixteen in, sixteen in a row yeah. for them. We yeah. do have to give them a little shout out, even though they've got the bye. So yeah. tips. Yeah, look, uh, I've got Lilydale. Uh, Sorry, no, I've got Mitchum in this one. Josh? Uh, Mitchum, Lilydale do get Mark Maserati back. I was going to say, they, very good so, they um, did have Clausen and McNay out against Upper Fentry cool. Gullies. So, well, so well Lilydale's in Jack Nichols, Ryan McNay, Mark Maserati, and Trelope. They're out White, Carrigan, Divisentis, and Bateman. Because mm-hmm. they were 10 points away from an absolute meltdown against, you know, a team that hasn't won a game this year, you know. That's, yeah. It's, it's kind of, it was kind of yeah. worrying. Yeah. You know? yeah. I was, ah. I, was talk, I was actually talking to their coach the other day. Um, hey, hey, But no, he actually said, he said if Upper Gully wanted to win their first game, it was against Luna because they had Corson out. I think he said Corson's yep. got two weeks uh, with his dislocated finger, I think it is. So, right. yeah, so a couple more weeks there and, um, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Makes I'm still sense. I'm still backing Mitchum as well because yeah, Blake. Mitchum. You, you were going, uh, I, I'm going to go with Mitchum as well. But the Oracle this is twice the Oracle is going against. It's got Luda winning this by nine points. Wow. So wow, look at right. Josh. Can't he's shaking the head at the Oracle? We don't even know who Ooh. the Oracle is. <laughs> you you, you might be sitting man. in the same room as the Oracle. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> For those you know, I'd, I'd know the identity of the Oracle, and it's not anyone in, in, in the studio currently. Uh, and then, yeah, one is out to win comfortably against Upper Furniture Gully. Mm-hmm. Into Premier Division, uh, an interesting set of games. We'll, we'll Donka, uh, Norwood, South Croydon, we'll just sort of do tips. Um, Josh, Jarrett, I think we're all going South Croydon. Yeah. Because yeah. Norwood, no Blake Pearson, no Michael Pearson, um, no Dylan Atkins, no Lachlan Dixon's best. still in Europe. It's. Um, as much as it's a really special day, for, for, as we mentioned, the two two clubs wearing Indigenous jumpers, there's going to be big smoking ceremony, traditional, like there's a lot going on, Indigenous luncheon. Uh, we're going to have Jamie Bennell and Braden Kilpatrick on the first part of pre-game to talk about 
you know, the day and, and what it means and how clubs can and the community can can help build it up. But literally, the only Bernal was actually named as Rover, um, you know, so no no Pearsons, no Dylan Atkins, no Dixon. Um, Tom Maloney's about the only real star player uh, with Tristan Tweedy down back. Um, it's, it was, was, and then South Croydon at the other end, you know. Jason Want returns for the first game in a while. Mason Halloran, Lucas O'Neill. Um, you know, it's hard to see Norwood winning this one. Yeah, I'd have to agree. Um, it's a bit of a shame to sort of have the broadcast game be... Uh, Look, we, we, but, we've I mean, thought that about games before. You know, yeah, Fletcher Gally Warrandot, we also thought... Yeah. I also absolutely. went into that one a bit worried that it might be a bit of a pumping and it went the other way, didn't it? It was almost, almost stolen. Yeah. So, so they can, you know, you hold out hope. And they're still and, good football. And we're there for a very good reason as we well. We are there for a very good reason and... They're Premier Division footballs for a reason. It's not yes. like it's not like they're rolling out, you know, half of you know Kilsyth Reserve or something yes. like that. And obviously, Kilsyth Reserves went okay last week, but mm. but yeah, it's yeah. it's a difference. But yeah, you'd say South Korea should win that one. But the other games: Berwick and Doncaster East. Josh, Donny East were impressive last week. You know, mm. six seven goal win over Norwood to sort of keep a good firm footing in the top six. But Berwick, not to be taken lightly, you know, especially at home after their win over Park Orchards last week. They're starting to get a bit of a roll on. They might start shaping the top six, Berwick. Yeah, we did touch, I think we did touch on that on the Monday recovery as well. And this is, yeah, one game where they can definitely cause a bit of an upset because, yeah, Edwin Flack Reserve, it's a massive, it's a massive deck out there. I think last time, last year, Donny East towed them up out there, but a different side this year. Both teams different. Yeah, very different. Well, Doncaster Berwick's a lot more younger, and Doncaster has got a touch more experience. Um, but yeah, I think it'll be a close game. I just think Donny East just have a little too much firepower, so I think they'll get up. And, and in terms of Berwick, they get Anthony Vella back, Charlie Muley back, Travis Tuck back, Ryan Bombley back, and Anthony Quaich. So some really good players back into their side. Donny East also get some good players back in DeLuca and Simon White. So. We can see what we're going there. Blackburn and Roeville, Jared. Roeville have lost one game all year, obviously, to a Doncaster side that, you know, they, they're tough, they're contested, they're defensive. Um, Blackburn have sort of started to, not copy it, but they sort of started to lean that way in the way they play. And it's at Morton yep. Park, which if anyone watched the highlights, is more of a cow paddock than a football over at the moment. There's just <laughs> so much traffic on it. So, with you know, that sort of suits that. That You know, Roeville likes to play this sort of frantic high pace, high octane pressure game, which is obviously a very sustainable product, as we've seen. They're top of the ladder, but Blackburn are in decent form. Their style, you know, they slogged it out with Doncaster last week, but they obviously play a similar style at the moment. The conditions will suit that. Can you see Blackburn maybe causing an upset? Maybe, yeah. Uh, it's definitely a, an Bartlett, interesting one. Black, Liam Murphy back, Cold Dove Black. Um, mm. You know, sorry. And then for Roville, uh, Edwards, Trainer, Houghton, Flakemore out. So... Mm. Okay. Yeah. No, that's interesting because they're losing a little bit of a height there with uh, with Flakemore going. Um, I would say Roville, they've been able to uh, play with their mode a little bit over the season. It's not always been the high octane sort of game. You know, they've uh, they've been able to suffocate Vermont. They were able to yeah, win a Baldwin close one against a one. Norwood. Yeah, a Baldwin was a scrappy one. That's absolutely right. Uh, so I think they are. While it's not necessarily the sort of game that they want to play, I think they have the ability to play it, and they've done they've done well in uh, in doing so. Uh, they, yeah, Blackburn. We might if Roval are on their game, we might see a bit of a return to what Blackburn was dishing up earlier in the season. I doubt it because they are they are really finding where they're at right now. But you know, Roval, they they could have a power. Over no, them, yeah, you know? I, yeah. I, I don't think he can tip against Roval, but mm. I just yeah, I just think something it's just not going to suit Roval as much. I don't know mm. what is the weather tomorrow. Does anyone know? Is it? I think it's yeah. meant to be in 
is it a decent day? Or no, the it's supposed to be 12 degrees, cloudy. Cloudy. So that might, again, it's all lining up for Blackburn. That's all I'm saying. I might even put my, uh, my uh, you know, I might put my hands up for them oh, later okay. on. Okay. North Ringwood and Park Orchards was tight last time, Blake. You know, up until the third quarter, yep. you know. Uh, sorry, the last quarter. North Ringwood were right in this one. Um, and they've strengthened North Ringwood. This is, from all reports, their best side of the year. They haven't named it as of yet, but I've, I've, a couple of people told me this is their chance against the Park Orchards team who just got rolled by Berwick. Um, you know, they're getting some players back, Kapanki, Cridlin, uh, Prozanak, but they've lost the two witnesses, Lockie Munro, Edwards. So can you see North Ring? Because this is it. If they don't win here, they're not going to get a win for the rest of the year, you would suspect. Uh, uh, oh. They're also, all, like, and even this, it's not like I'm even touting North Ring making a spectacular come back to pull off a miracle. They're still, they're three ga- they'd have to win three games of Berwick, not win another one for the rest of the year for them to survive. But they do want to obviously get a win. Can you see it happening? I don't think I can, unfortunately. I think Park Watch is too... They, they don't want to lose this one because it, they, they could... Um, they win here, they they want it. They don't want to lose to... Well, they, oh, no one wants to lose. Yeah, but they, I know what yeah. you're trying to say is yeah. their percentage is quite strong. Yeah. They're still a finals hopeful. Mm. Yeah, I, I just think Park Orchard would be two more experienced and, you know, obviously they, they were too good last year, uh, Division 1 last year, and I think their experience will get them. But North, as you touched on, North Fremont's best side, this is where you got to show, you, you know, you got to have a crack. Like, you just go in there, get play four quarters. Obviously, you want them to play four quarters, but I just think Park Orchard's too experienced and, uh, yeah, I think they'll probably win by about four goals for my tip, so. He loves putting it on, doesn't he? He loves putting it on. Uh, Josh, Vermont Noble, this is Noble, again, I think they've moved in the power rankings. No one does a power rankings, but in the power rankings, they've moved to number one seed. As much as they're over on top, I think, Everyone's sort of saying Noble are the team to beat at this current stage. You know their, their midfield is sublime, and they're taking on a Vermont side that won't have a won't have a senior ruckman. Obviously, they will. They're, someone's going to have to ruck, but no Robbie Ross and, and or Anthony Jenkins for the rest of the year. Wow, um, they're wow. out. Yeah. Both some pretty Jeez. pretty poor injuries. So you know, and then you look at the side. You know, Fairbank back in, Reet Powell, Josh Stern for for Noble. Um, you know, Jack Beach and Kieran Byers were rucking really well on, uh, on Queen's birthday. It's you know, and, and Noble aren't going to go there and sort of rest on their laurels because for Vermont have inflicted pain on so many teams for so long. This is their chance. It's I think it could get ugly. It could. It was ugly back in round three. Yeah, but this is this is out of Vermont Reserve, a Recreation Reserve now, and you know it's always a challenge going out, going out to well the Eagles Nest out there. I think you know they haven't lost by big margins in their last couple of games, in particular too. You know it's only been ten points for both games against Buck. Blackburn and Bourne and just the 14 points against South Coast. What was it against Roval though? Uh, last week. Last week that was out at Roval. I think mm-hmm. it was 59 points. Right. So, they'll so you're be, saying at home they're obviously a much better team. They're a much better team at home like like every <laughs> team. But, <laughs> I think the ruck, whoever's rucking tomorrow is going to be doing it for the first time. If not, I think it Mason might be Hawkins. Much. Mason, Mason, I don't think he's 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 more know, Blake. Is he is he tall enough, Mason Hawkins? Do you know enough about him? No, I don't. Unfortunately, <laughs> oh, mate, you're the. You know, we need Jared. We need a couple of blokes who really know their footy. <laughs> Carry on, John. Uh, I think yeah, he's more of a forward, Mason Hawkins. I think he's he's played a little bit of VFL with the Box Hill Hawks, and he's mostly played. They do get Arnett back, Fury, um, but mm. yeah, like I said, that the outs, Himes, yeah. Maguire. Fisher, I don't know which Fisher. Um, is it James or Joey? If it's Joey, that's another massive loss. That's Definitely. a couple of premierships out. So yeah. uh, Joe's in, so it's Joe's James. in, so it's James. Yeah, um, yeah but no, we'll shoot that one. And then the last one's Doncaster and Ball. A bit of a danger game for Ball, I think. 
you know, they've Doncaster obviously have shown they're the only team to beat Rover this year, so they can play some decent footy and, and ball and have shown at times that they do have just the random stinker in them, but Every week, I've got I've made it clear, Jared. I will continue to tip yeah. Baldwin. I still think they're the team to beat. No Charlie Haley yet. He's still uh, it was concussion protocol, so you got to wait the twelve days. And he got concussed Thursday night training from all reports, trying to take a mark. Concussed oh, himself. <laughs> I don't know how he's done it. <laughs> Charlie Haley is Charlie Haley, but yeah, yeah from all reports, he um, tried to take a mark. It wasn't a contested mark, uncontested mark. Oh, God. Tried to pull something off, and then yeah, his feet have gone from under him, hit the deck pretty hard. So. Uh, he's still waiting, so he won't come back into this one. And to be fair, you, if you, even if he was just on the twelve days, you, you wouldn't rush him back. Given they should, they should roll Doncaster fairly comfortably. But no McCaffrey, no Wheaton, no Schreiber, so could be a chance for Doncaster and Cole Vickers, my man, to to get on the run there. Yep. Let's go to the Oracle before we go to our second break here on the weekend forecast. So the Oracle's got Donny East beating Berwick by twenty points. Got Roval by three goals over Blackburn. We ran about where. Uh, it's got South Corn by 11 points over Norwood. Park Orchards by about 10 goals. Uh, sorry, 8 goals over North Ringwood. Bourne by a similar margin over Doncaster. And Noble Park by uh, 62 points over wow. Vermont. And to be honest, huge. I'm with that's the Oracle. Harsh. Nah, yeah. I'm with the Oracle here. This is the lowest Vermont have been in a few years. It's a natural cycle and Noble are at the top of their cycle. So uh, it, that could be the way it goes. We're going to go to another break here on the Deacon Unit Weekend Forecast. When we come back, Division 4 and Division 2. He's about 40 yards. He's going to have to. He's going to play on, run around, give himself some room. Set sail for home. Samuel Hart. Yes. He's got it. Back to four points. What a good goal that was. The Red Jackets are up and about. Welcome back to the Deakin University weekend forecast. We're into Division 2 and Division 4 now. Josh Ward, Jared Bealan, Blake Tennant and myself, Matthew Fodia, here with you. Uh, Churnside Park at Kilsyth will go straight down to the bottom division. It, it was a weird buy round for, for Churnside Park because not only were they coming off a almost 200-point loss to Sylvan, Surrey Park then stole their thunder and moved into second on the power rankings. That's twice I've mentioned the, the uh, invisible power rankings because they were able to roll Sylvan um, at home thanks to some incredible work in their midfield and defence late on. And, and, you know, so, that, so Churnside Park have suddenly dropped back a bit because they've been unable to get close to Sylvan, and then Kilsoth got another win against Croydon North Emlock, which we saw, so now they've won, I think, four or five in a row, so now they're starting to move up and put a bit of pressure on, and now that's Churnside's next opponent in terms of Kilsoth, you know, so it's, you know, it's all sort of, in the space of a week where they didn't do anything, Churnside sort of just drifted back into, you know, the background, because we're all looking at Kilsoth's story, and then obviously Surrey Park. Um, last time they played, it was one point the difference, despite Churney having six more scoring shots, and, you know, their midfield of Slattery, Clavant and Co. should really take the chocolates in this one, Josh. But Kilsyth last week, you know, they've got a good Ruckman and Hoogster and their forward line of Goodenson, Curry, Jackson, Foley and O'Neill can kick some scores. So um, it's all the makings of a pretty good game. Yeah, it definitely is. And, you know, I, I watched a bit of that that game, the game against between Coin North and, and Kilsyth, and, yeah, they just looked they just looked more deadly or, or, or more potent going up forward with, you know, that forward line that they have. And, you know, I think Churnside have a pretty talented forward line. They've, before the bye and bar, of course, the, the Sylvan and Surrey match, they, they did kick some a couple of big scores uh, uh, to get to get victories. Um, and, yeah, they do have the fi- – I don't think they have the firepower to match Kilsyth. And, you know, it'll all come down to how dominant – Churnside Park's midfield is like because it, which they should be the dominant force with you know Clavant and Josh and Charlton 
having really good seasons. You've got Grant Stevens and Aaron Puckering as your two ruckmen and Ben Slattery just doing what he does best, gathering disposals week in, week out. And I think it will be a very close game. It wasn't it was a bit high scoring last time, seventy to sixty nine. I reckon it'll be a little bit more high scoring, but yeah, I think if if Kilsyth can take their opportunities and Chance and Chance I can't, I think yeah, I think uh, I'm actually going to back Kilsyth to get the win here mm. as well. So Gee. okay, yeah. If uh, look, if Chance I had uh, uh, to win it, I think they're going to win win it out of the middle um, because I'm not sure how many bigger bodies Kilsyth have uh, right in the centre. I think Van Veen is perhaps one of the one of the bigger ones and he was, you know, more sort of an accumulator uh, as we saw last week against uh, Croydon North. Uh, I think Kilsyth's strength comes when they hit the outside as we saw uh, last week, Blake. Uh, you know, it, players like uh, Henschel and Aiton, they're able to move the ball really well. Uh, and, you know, with Curry now down forward for Kilsyth, it means that that sort of, if they are under pressure from Churnside, that dump kick is a little bit more viable. Uh, they can just sort of like put it up to the hot spot and Curry might be able to uh, just clunk a mark there or bring it to ground uh, for the likes of Goodenson uh, to, to snap a goal. So Kilsyth, they need to keep it on the outside. Uh, they might need to put some numbers behind the ball to counter those clearances that Churnside Park will get. Uh, and I think, honestly, I will probably tip Kilsyth as well because I think they are able to move the ball a little bit faster, a little bit better, and, yeah, have more options down forward than, than Churnside Park do. I was very impressed with that from Kilsyth uh, last week uh, that we uh, that we called Blake. Yep. Yeah, I think this game will be a pretty good game. On paper, you would say, like, we've touched on with Slattery and, you know, Hookshot, our, our cult hero, you would say, down at Kilsoft now. <laughs> Hoops. The, yeah, the big, uh, the big interview that he had. Um, but, yeah, he, he was good. I thought Curry, he was sensational with that big, tall presence that he had. And mm. I think he one or two. Or not, not two, two yeah, in the two, end, yeah. But they were pretty big goals, you would say, though. Like, yep. the goals and the kicks. And, um, yeah, Churnside. They've got, like, obviously we'd see uh, Clavet, Slattery and all those players, you know, but I think Kilsyth would win this one. I'm going with both of you. I know I don't really <laughs> But, um, yeah, I think Kilsyth just, just, um, yeah, I know Matty loves me saying about me goals and all that, but I'm going with uh, Kilsyth win by two goals. Two, two goals. goals? Well, we'll get into the Oracle in a second. But I, I, think, I think you can't, like, I don't want to underestimate Chernside's loss to Sylvan, but it's sort of like at the time we sort of wrote it off as like Sylvan. Like it depends how much you put into obviously Surrey Park rolled Sylvan. It's like how much do you put into that? Like did, are Chernside just not a good matchup for Sylvan and they're still better because they've beaten everyone else. They haven't lost another game, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they, they've obviously Kilsyth got close last time. Surrey Park have been close twice, but no one has been able to beat Chernside. So it's almost like maybe Dave Newland's tried something, it didn't work. Um, you know, and or maybe Surrey Park are just a better matchup for Sylvan, or you know, there's so many variables. So you don't want to underestimate Churnside, but the fact that they lost by 180 is like, like, yeah. that, like I don't know. I, like I've I've look. been lucky enough in all the sporting teams I played for that I've never really been in a, in a side that's been absolutely whacked. And and obviously the sport I play, cricket, is different because you can lose outright and not really notice because you're sort of just doing your same things. There's no, it's not the real embarrassment unless you get bowled out for like 10. Um, you know, whereas when you're playing footy, losing by 180 points is just constantly going over your head, just constantly, constantly, constantly. You don't actually get a go to do anything. Mm-hmm. Whereas even in even in cricket, if you're struggling, you still get a, a bowl. You yeah, still get yeah. to do something. So I don't know how much that plays on a player's mind. 
uh, and obviously the week off too. It's not like they haven't had a chance to play another wadding and, and do it the same and then get back to level pegging. They've they've just been sitting there thinking about, oh, geez, we're nowhere near Sylvan. Mm. And then Surrey Park go and beat them. Yep. So it's like, oh, God, yeah, maybe they're better than us. Yeah. Right? But then also, chance I haven't lost to anyone outside of Sylvan, so you sort of got to go, they should win. So, and they don't, you know, home ground. Um, Look, I'm, I'm going to go against you guys. I got churn side. Fair. Um, but Fair. the Oracle, what did you say, Blakey? Two goals to kill side? Yep. Oh, the, you, maybe you are the Oracle. I don't, I don't know who the Oracle <laughs> is. The Oracle's got kill side 97, churn side 86. So okay. a really, really um, interesting game coming up there. But look, you, I, you can't doubt kill side. Like I said, it's four in a row. No, they, uh, so sorry, Park. Last, they lost to Forest Hill three games ago. No, they didn't. They beat the, Forest Hill. They lost by two points. Did three they? Of their, three yeah. of their last four, they've won. Oh, there you go. Four. They were in front, and then Forest Hill pinched it. Yeah. That's right. But they have beaten Surrey Park in re- like, and turns out they haven't been out, uh, you know. So like, and Surrey Park just beat Sylvan. So it's like, how much do you put onto that? Maybe James Kentworthy's just a wizard, you know. Yeah. He's, it's a, a completely different side. He's just changed their names and all that sort of stuff. Um, so yeah, I, yeah. So th- there you go. The, the Oracle's with you guys. I'm going against the Oracle. The Oracle and I went just different wavelengths. Can't though. Can't go against the Oracle. What do you mean you can't? You did it before. Oh. I'm sure you did. Yeah, yeah I know. I, I actually, I said well, it. you are the Oracle. You you got uh, one hit one foot in both uh, <laughs> both baskets. Um, yeah. Both camps. Sorry, Forest Hill and Croydon North. So last time this this was the game that sort of sent Forest Hill into a bit of a tailspin and sort of put Croydon North back on the radar, or not back on the radar, on the radar as a proper, you know, not contender, but they've made some big strides. Um, if Forest Hill lose this and Kilsyth win, you'd say the finals race is done. And even even if Forest Hill do lose it, Kilsyth will remain a game. Like it would almost really mean Kilsyth just don't. Have, as long as Kilsyth don't stuff up, they'll be fine. So um, I don't know what everyone's thinking here. It's at Forest Hill. Um, oh, Croydon North last week. I I see what they're trying to do. I think that. They're way too reliant on Daniel Batira, so they haven't named their ten yet. But hopefully, they can get Crow or someone like that back. I think they need to put Matt McCain closer to the footy and maybe on a wing. They're playing mm-hmm. the two wingers out last week didn't look natural wingmen to me. No, no, they they, they wanted to go at the ball. Yep. Whereas McCain sort of looks to me the perfect wingman. He's probably one of their better kicks. He gets real distance on his kick. He's and, and, he, and he's tall enough that he can mark. And then yep. you know what I mean? Like he can provide a marking option on the way out. Um, so I, I would move a couple of their players around. Hey, Hurst, I know you called his name a lot, but, you know, do you, do you, he, <laughs> he doesn't... Was a, he was oh, a he presence. Looks, he, but was... he looks off the pace, like, yeah. I, and he's been a great warrior for that club, obviously, and probably been with them through the real dark days, but it's time to look at... Their reserves had a couple of really good goal kickers and, and forwards that might be a bit more mobile and help out Batira, um, you know, and there was you know they need to get Robert Hudson into the game more because he looks one of their better players. Yeah. So, look, there was things they can do... <sighs> Forest, I'm going to tip Forest Hill. I think Rowe kicked eight. I oh, know they played another Wadding, but yeah. they look to have found a little bit more. They've stabilised a little bit, Josh, um, uh, and, and it's at home. And yeah, yeah, I think they should win on paper. They should. Um, I definitely wouldn't back. I definitely would back Croydon North, but I think Mitch Hangraff is also picking six. To, yeah, and yep. you know, even if it's against another Wadding, it still gives him momentum for for the next. For the rest of the season, maybe, or for the next couple of weeks. So I just think, yeah, they seem too heavily reliant on on Batera up forward. Unless you know, yeah, Mark Holly flips flips some magnets around, brings in a couple of those forwards from the reserve. Well, they just it's, but it's not even doing that. It's also like figuring out a, a, the way to play the game that you don't just kick it to Batera because at quarter mm-hmm. time at the huddle, I was there. He mentioned, you know, we can't just keep kicking it to Smiley. I'm going to put 
I think it was Hayhurst and someone else had gone. They'd moved someone forward to create other tall marking options, but they still just kicked it to Batira. Now that might mean that Batira is actually the only one working and providing an the option, only one moving. Yeah. or it might mean that they're just so ingrained to kick it to Smiley. So it's sort of like either you need to get the midfielders to actually think there's other forwards out there, or the other forwards can't just stand there and go, "Oh, I'm an option." You got to actually move around because I don't know. You two were calling it. it seemed like he was the only forward. Moving around, obviously, yep. Guren and stuff provided stuff on the ground. Yeah, yeah, no, he was the only one with any sort of height. Just because Hayhurst, I mean, he's not going to be the most. The mobile. other option is playing Batira yeah. just around the footy because he's, mm. he's pretty mobile and he's another really good kick. So you, you yep. could even go, all right, Smiley can have it in the midfield. Then, he, then he we have be, to kick it to someone else. He, he could be the wingman, you know. Yeah, he, yeah. he provides that sort of mobility and that height as well, you know. And he's a decent field kick. Yeah, absolutely. But we've gone on for a bit about this game. It wasn't even the main game. So <laughs> who's going to win, Josh? Uh, I've gone Forest Hill. I've gone for. I'm going Forest Hill. Too. Yeah, Forest Hill. Forest Hill. Right. And the Oracle Forest Hill by 50 points. I don't think it'd be that far. I don't mm. think it'd be that, no. that big a one. Uh, and then the other game, Sylvan and Nutter Wadding. Sylvan going to win. Uh, <laughs> I really feel for. I feel for Nutter Wadding because. They're playing Sylvan at Sylvan and they're playing a Sylvan side that's finally lost. They're going to be angry. Yeah. They're going to have a point to prove. It could get ugly. <laughs> oh, I'm going to pray for another one. Jared, Jared's on scores tomorrow, so it might be... Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's going to be t- I'm going to be updating that particular I, I, well, I, don't, I don't even know if Sylvan update quick enough. <laughs> yeah. might have to, um, anyway, uh, let's jump into Division 2. So, South Belgrave and Templestowe. I think Templestowe kicked five unanswered in the first quarter last time and then South Belgrave didn't let him kick another goal. So, clearly, South Belgrave are the better side on paper, but Templestowe have shown some good form, Blake. You know, that... They, you know, East Bell game, arguably, they, they believe they were robbed of a win. He kicked the ball before the siren on all the available mm. evidence. But they played some pretty good footy against the, a top three side. So you give them a chance. It is up the mountain, though. Uh, yeah, I'll give Templestowe a chance against uh, uh, South Belgrave. I don't think they'll be a good enough side to, to get the win. I think South Belgrave will be too experienced. But like what you said, they were really solid last week. Well, and um, when they've got all their players back, definitely. they've got some really good is players. Is Cloak, Cloak in? Cloak's nah. back in? Yeah, I'm he's just in. having a look at the teams. He's out. So as he's is Mac Ottens and yep. Nick Batsana. So all, all I right. say, they've got some good players. There's three of them gone. So yep. yeah, South Bowery are going to win this one. Yeah, I reckon yeah. South Bowery. Um, still no Taylor Garner. Um, but Jeez. they've still got Damien, Tim Smith. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They've got some. Mitch Garner's yep. probably the, the best one at the moment in terms of the fact that he plays in the ruck. So, yeah, South Belgrave should win that one pretty comfortably. I think we're all nodding. Yeah. Uh, yep. Knox and Oakley District. Now, this one on paper is a Knox win, and it's a chance for Knox to get back on the winners' list, get a third win. They'll be eyeing maybe pinching a couple on the run home. But Oakley, Josh, this is the one. This is the one. Mm-hmm. It's at Knox, which means it should, as much as it's an away game for Oakley, the fact that it's a heavier track should actually help Oakley. This is it. If they're going to get a win this year, this is it. Yeah. Do you give them any chance? I give them a little chance, but I just I don't give them too much of a chance because it's out at Knox and it, Knox have made it hard for four teams out there as well. Yeah, it's, yeah. And, I know what you mean. Yeah, and you know I, I think. It will be, I reckon, a close. Ga- I reckon it'll be a close game, and I'm hoping you know that Oakley District do get up. They've had a lot of struggles this year. Oh, and from we we want everyone to you know ideally no one goes to the year undefeated. I know Murabak people won't um, <laughs> won't like us saying that, but like ideally everyone goes for the season with at least a couple of defeats because we want even competition and we want everyone to get a win. You know, so we are yeah. you know we want another one. We want Upper Gullies. We want Oakley to get that victory. I think last year. We managed. I don't think every, in all divisions someone yep. grabbed a win. Mm. Yep. So that's yeah. that's what you want. We want North Ringwood to get a win. So yeah, we as much as Knox people might get annoyed at this, we are sort of pushing Oakley. Yeah, but I 
I'll back Knox. I yeah, want, yeah I as, want, as, I in all saying that, you've got you've got to back Knox at the moment. Knox, Ringwood and Heathmont. Now we usually push this one as the main game, Jared, but it's just been done. Yeah, it's been done. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's cliche. They, they didn't play for ages. I think Stats Bench said, you know, they didn't play for ages, and then they haven't been able to not play each other for so long because Ringwood can't get out of the division. Yep. Um, Heathmont have got themselves to uh, sixth. They're just outside the five on percentage. Um, and last time they played these two sides, they were seven goals up before they just completely capitulated. Yep. Um, and and I've said, I think I said it on Monday, like if they'd won that game, who knows? They might have carried that momentum, grabbed another couple of wins, and they'd be yep. actually looking at double chance. But. You know, that's one of those fork-in-the-road moments. They, they give away eight goals in a row and, and all of a sudden they're scrapping it out for the last spot. Um, they've, they've created a bit of form. Um, you know, they've beaten the Basin twice now and you watch the highlights and they were really hard at the footy. Like, that, that yeah. was really a strong performance from them. But Ringwood are pretty ruthless. Blake will probably have some insight into Ringwood. But, you know, Ringwood side, Tim Jones back and Scotty Lang back. So they keep getting better and better. <laughs> um, for Heathmont, Isaacs, uh, Brown and Evans. Bailey Stevens, who was one of their best, is out along with Ryan Young. So mm. it's hard to make the case. But these clubs, they usually split it too. They usually yeah, split the Parker Cups, so yeah. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Uh, Bailey Stevens is a huge out. Uh, the impo- his importance is starting to was starting to really show itself throughout the season. You know, he's uh, he's been in the best five of uh, the six games that he's played this year. Uh, he's been kicking goals in those games as well, uh, which is something that Heathmont has lacked uh, quite notably throughout the season. Uh, speaking of goals, of course, Rippingale. You know, he's he's been important, uh, but he's going to find it hard. I think now with uh, Jones and Lang back and. Whack, uh, Tim Wack, obviously back there as well. Um, for uh, from uh, I think an interview or one of the interviews that we've had with Nick Rutley uh, lately, uh, he said that the uh, bet they were down to no men on the bench the last time they played Ringwood. Uh, yeah. I think that's what I heard. Yeah, but also I know it not, I, I know I personally try to keep AFL out of it. But Brisbane had two or three injuries last night and managed to just keep running away yeah. with it. So yeah, yeah, you you still have to take that mm. momentum through uh, through. Uh, you know that halftime score that was uh, was so impressive against a team like Ring uh, like Ringwood. Uh, by Nick Rutley's judgment from the same interview, you know they were beating South Belgrave. Uh, you know, yeah, I, just, I look at that I, one and South yeah. had kicked in accurately, and both it's, it's, a lot of games yeah. sometimes now you look at South Belgrave and they're just sort of. Oh, we'll do enough. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, I, but you, but that's you make fair. a good point that Heathmont, their last two weeks have been, you know, to, to be in front of South Barrow at halftime and then to beat the Basin at the Basin, mm-hmm. where the Basin have been averaging 150 points in their last couple of hitouts. You know, to keep them to only six goals. Yep, it's, they are doing something right. So, yeah. Well, but Ring, like I said, Ringwood back to pretty much full strength. So, all right, quick, who's winning it? Ringwood, Josh. Ringwood. Blake, what have you got? Actually, what have you got? This is your... Come on, get you. What have you got for us, mate? Uh, well, obviously... You speak to a lot of Ringwood people. I do. I do, actually. Yeah. They've got their team of the decade coming up, so... Are you a chance? Well, me dad's probably got an invite in our idea, so... Yeah? You I'll, going? You oh, pop in? A couple of schools? Well, I popped in. Yeah. But, uh, no, I, like we touched on a couple of weeks, this is re- probably, you would say, this one is Ringwood's best team. Like, bringing yep. in Jones is... That's massive. Like, he's a massive Yeah, he's a, he's a... The class play. And we touched on about the game before. I was actually there and Heathmont actually controlled that game like for the first half and then 
Ringo would just click. They would just click it on really well. They knew that they had the belief. I think Rowe, Brett Rowe said that if they had their belief, they'll get the win, and that's obviously what they showed. They showed, I think they kicked about six goals or something. I think it was like eight of the last nine. Yeah, it, it was just oh, goals just coming out of nowhere. Like it was it was just very good for you to watch, and I'll, I'll, uh, I'll definitely be uh, barracking for them tomorrow. But uh, yeah, I'm That's not the question I asked you, mate. <laughs> <laughs> but I will be going for Ringwood. They'll, they'll be winning. That's your tip? Ringwood. All right. Yep. Are you going to put a score down? You love putting a score down. Greenwood boy, four goals. Four goals, okay. Oh, yeah, and you just look at the midfields, like with Young and Bailey Stevens going out. I know Campbell Evans is back and Isaac's back. But, you know, it's not even – you don't really need those key defenders against Ringwood. Yeah. You, you, you need guys to match the midfield. Like, yep. you know, Wadley, Collier, Mitch Jackson's having a really good year, Parker, Blythe, um, Jordanov in the ruck. Now with Jones, I know he plays halfback, but he provides a bit more, um, you know, surge from that back line. He's a beautiful kick of the football. You know, they've got so many players that can rotate through there. But, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out there. I, I'm also going Ringwood. A little bit a little bit of me wants Heathmont to win mm. purely because it makes that race – yeah, you know, and I think they're a good side that could should play finals footy, but also I think Ringwood will win it. Uh, Mulgrave and East Burwood, Mulgrave for all their good work are now back on the precipice of missing out on finals. Josh, their their best is definitely good enough, and this game last time, you know, they were in front with ten or so minutes to go, and then an injury occurred that stopped the game, and East Burwood then got the momentum after that. And the only other thing that plays in Mulgrave's hands is the fact that East Burwood have struggled on the smaller grounds, the basin smacked them up. But, and Mulgrave are a good contested ball side, but East Bill, so far this year, they just keep ticking boxes. Yeah, and that's what they need to do this week because, yeah, Mulgrave have, have shown at their best that, you know, they're, they're definitely a side to, that can be a, a, a threat come finals, but, you know, they've they've lost their last three now. It, I think it's because, I think they've lost, starting to slow down because of the fact they're, they're a pretty young side. They've still got a bit of experience, mm. but it's a pretty young side. Well, it's almost like they've got two real old heads and then a whole lot of young blokes. <laughs> yeah. A bit like Hawthorne a couple of years ago, where it was Burgoyne had the average age up. Yeah, and I just, I think Eastville would have plenty of experience as well. And, you know, even if they're coming up from another division, they've shown they're definitely one of the better sides. Mm. So I I give Mulgrave a chance. I just think Eastville, they've, you know, whilst they've lost, I think it was against. The basin and not yep. too sure. I think South, South Mulgrave as yeah. well. Um, you know they haven't lost outside of those. Mulgrave will be determined to make up for for last week in particular and for that loss earlier in mm. the season at East Burwood Reserve. But I just think, yeah, the Rams they're they're hitting some form. They'll be they'll be confident as well, given they weren't at their best last week. They were only at their best for one quarter and still got the win. And yeah, I think I'll back them to get the win. Yeah, it's going to be interesting with, uh, well, Adam Booth kicked five against uh, East Bowood last time they played. You've got McGowan now coming uh, back in as well. So, you know, Rixton and Wills, they're going to have a bit of a job on their hands perhaps to contain Mulgraves. Oh, is he not named? Um, He's not named that I can see. Okay, so, well, that, that'll that make things a lot more difficult. Uh, the point that I was going to make... No, no Rixton for East Burwood. Okay. Um, Queen, Morris and Mulhern come in. Mariani, Kinsella and O'Shaughnessy out. Okay, okay. Well, you know, Mariani out as well. So I, I, the only thing that's really difficult. swinging me closer to my grab is the fact mm. that, that that ground has proved a bit of a, a weird one for sides. Yep. 
Definitely. And they've got their midfield is their strength, and it's a smaller ground where the midfield can really influence the game. Mm-hmm. But East Bell's midfield is pretty good too. So. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I don't think either team will want to slow the game down too much. Uh, no, Mulgrave, when, yeah, when, they, when they've won, they've scored some big scores. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you're yeah. right. So, uh, unless things start going really pear-shaped for East Bell, I think I trust them to sort of mm-hmm. have that... Uh, have that mode switch in them uh, to be able to you know lock things up. I'm not yeah. sure if Mulgrave quite have that yet as such a as such a young team. Uh, so it, look, the the couple of games against uh, Basin and South Belgrave, I reckon they were just mid season wobbles. The only real things that we have uh, for East Burwood that have doubted them uh, that make us doubt them. It's to me, yeah, it's going to be East Burwood for this one. They're just too too quality, too much class. Yeah, uh, Blake East Burwood or Mulgrave. East Bellwood by three goals. Three goals. You love it. You love it. The boys are starting to go, mate. We've got one more game to get through. Come on. Uh, Brian, you're in the basin. So uh, last time it was a tie um, uh, between these two sides, and, and these two sides always play they're relatively close games. They've just got that rivalry, obviously, neighbours. Um, you know, the basin now, though, Josh, surely they've pressed the alarm button. Yeah. Like, you know, it's panic stations now a little bit because, you know, they're, they're desperate. They're now, what is it? I think they're behind Heathmont and Mulgrave. They're eight points behind Baronia, who they play. Um, Baronia, on the other hand, will have half an eye on third spot. They'll be hoping Mulgrave win, and they keep winning, keep putting the pressure on. Um, the only thing that will swing this game in the Basin's favour is Baronia seemed to prefer playing at the Basin, and the Basin last year smacked them up at Baronia, and then I think it was another close one at... I think Baronia won a close one at Badham. So hopefully for the Basin, that rep, uh, replicates this year. Yeah, and I think they'll be up and about too because they've posted this on their socials. Shane Davidson, their captain, it's, their, his, it's his 150th game, and Tom Edwards playing his 50th game. So we wish them both the best. But yeah, they'll be up and about... Definitely for this one because they they definitely love to play love uh, love to play against Baronia in recent years and yeah they won't mind playing just down the road at Tormore Reserves so and you know they everyone down at the base and keeps saying they play their best footy on the bigger grounds I don't, I don't think they did so. play last year we did watch them there and they did play some really good footy there yeah and that this is the chance to show that they can, can play their best footy at the bigger grounds and to bounce back to from I reckon. What would have been a disappointing loss for them last week against Heathmont? So I think Bronia are pretty much at full strength now. The Bays and I'd say are pretty close to full strength. So, but I'm, yeah, I'm going to back the the Bears to get the win. Yeah, I think I'm actually going to go with uh, Baronia. Uh, my question is, Mitch Mellis is he going to be back in? I literally just closed the tab that had oh, that's the okay. Well, uh, uh, I mean, uh, the, they get they are getting closer to full strength yeah. with Bar- Baronia. Um, yeah, Leggett's. If Leggett can play all the way through to the finals, they'll be a real contender. Fairchild back in as well last week. Uh, that's another big one. And, you know, Mitch Mellis to, to be added to that, of course. And we saw him against Heathmont, um, just a class mm. above. Uh, we had 49 midfielders. touches against Temples, though, as well, or something uh, like that, or Knox. I think a couple of weeks Knox back. Oh, Knox, yeah. yeah. Doesn't surprise me one bit. And the Basin, on the other hand, they're faltering. Uh, Trevor Mills, you know, he seems to be the linchpin up the forward line. Drake's been good, but he's been sort of, he's been... Inconsistent. Yeah, inconsistent, exactly. Uh, I think they've almost, like last year, was sort of Drake was the one sort of key tall. mm. And now they've added Rennie in. It's almost like there's too many down there now and yeah. you know what I mean like they've and it hasn't sort of added yeah like yeah. don't fix what ain't broke like was mm. that the reason like did they need to add in that area or did they need to add more 
like obviously they added Goomis, but is that the area they needed to sort of close the gap? Maybe that's just something that the list management will know. We won't. Indeed, indeed. So for me, I think I've got to go with Boronia on this one. They're really starting to get back to full strength. Blake's larynx can only take a couple more words. So give us your tip, mate, then I'll give mine and we'll go through the oracle. Boronia by two goals. Boronia by two goals, okay. I'm going to go Boronia too. I think, you know, I've been, I had the base in finishing second this year, but they've just, like like Jared said, they've faltered consistently and it's it's hard to keep backing them. Although now that I've said that, they'll definitely win. Uh, so South Barry of Temple, so... The Oracle's got Tempe by three goals. That's um, wild. So the Oracle's had a bit of a he's been out of a bit of a rare week. He's gone yeah. rogue yeah. this weekend as the Oracle. Uh, Ringwood by thirty points over Heathmont, which I feel is pretty. I feel that's you wouldn't, you're that's not fair. begrudging that one. Yeah. I think it might yeah. be a bit closer, but you, you can see where the Oracle's got to. Knox by uh, five goals over Oakley District. Okay, again, you know, yeah, again, everyone can sort of agree with that. Baronia by sixty-seven points over the Basin. I wouldn't be surprised if it happened. Because it's sort of like one of these games now where the base and like the wheels could just completely fall off, mm-hmm. you know. But also, I also wouldn't be surprised if the base and won. Yeah. Uh, and then Mulgrave East Bill East Bill by forty points. I think it'll be a lot closer than that. That's but a yeah, East, East Bill should yeah. should win that one, um, as I think we all tipped. Uh, gentlemen, what well on Blake? I know your yes. throat your throat sort of let you go, mate. You know, you've got you're taking the mark after the siren, and then your hamstring's gone on you. That's that's yeah. that's what yeah. happened here. That's but much you know, yeah. beautiful stuff. You'll be on special comments for the women's game tomorrow. First yes. time we're gonna have special comments. That's Big it. day yeah. out at Mullum Mullum. So. South Croydon and the Eastern Devils at 10.30. And then obviously the main game, you know, like I said, Jamie uh, Bernal, Brian Kilpatrick, South Croydon, Indigenous jumpers, every team, yep. I believe. Um, and then Norwood, obviously, in the senior game as well. And it'll be our first look at Eastern Devils. So Josh on the on the mic, Blakey in the special comments, you know, you'll be doing some research tonight, no doubt, mate. 100%. 100%. You love it. Jared, you'll be there, mate. You, yep. you, you're okay. loving your Eastern Football Network action at the always, moment. Always. Uh, and Josh, like I mentioned there, mate, in the yeah. box seat, he's a bit nervous. Carlton's killed it tonight. This, <laughs> of course. Is, this, is, this is classic blues to, um, <laughs> to to fluff their lines here. He's doing the. Oh, you know, I don't know, I don't know if he's going to help you, mate. No. <laughs> anyway, gentlemen, well done. Uh, another Thank weekend you. forecast. Until next time, enjoy the footy. Wignall got it. Can he get a handball away? He's going to burst away. He's going to run to 50. Low ball to the top of the goal square. McCormack! Oh, no. He put it in! Oh, he's no. put it in! Oh, Wignall. He got through the Acosta-Harvey tackle. Oh, no. Took a few paces and then speared it to low to McCormack. He's been good all day, Billy. He started the day with an almost hanger. Kicked the, the check side for right in front of us. Billy, he can make a, he can make a name for himself. Billy, don't be a hero. Oh, I think they want him to be one now, Brad. 15 metres out. Billy McCormack's kicked it. Oh, you'll be Tom Baylor in front. 28 minutes gone.